For those of you who know I was on a coffee fast, I'm no longer on the coffee fast, so I've had a little bit this morning before I got here. So, oof, I'm sorry. I apologize up in front. I got to tell you, um, I'm, just, I'm just so excited to be with you guys. I, I really I say that every week, and I truly, truly mean it. Every time I get to stand up here and look out, um, you know, and, and talk to you guys, I just, I mean, I get excited. I really, it is the best part of my week. And those of you who know me know I love my beagles, but I think I love you guys even more. So, uh, and I love hanging out with my beagles, but I love hanging out with you guys uh, even more. So, all right. So, uh, Lily, I, I do want to make sure Lily said today to Kelton, she said, you know, your dad's a little long-winded, but Kelton, I think you inherited that gene. And I said, wait till she gets to the message today because they haven't let me speak for like four months. So, Lily, this one's for you. So, uh, I, lo- I, love, I, I love to tease Lily, so uh, it's, it's my like, pastime these days. So, we're going to be talking today, guys, uh, in, in our series, The Upside Down Kingdom. Now, how many of you have listened and you've thought about that whole terminology, The Upside Down Kingdom, and you've thought, that is a weird name, haven't you? I mean, you thought, what in the world is that all about? But when it comes to the kingdom of God, that's truly how the world sees us. We're backwards. We're upside down, if you will, right? And uh, I've got a little clip for us to watch today. Anybody ever here watch The Chosen? Have they watched, have you guys watched season two? It's a great series. I recommend it if you you haven't. Um, We're going to watch a little clip. But in this clip, what we see is Matthew. Now, if you read the book of Matthew, we all know Matthew is extremely detailed, right? Way too detailed for me. And and he expresses to Jesus in this moment his bewilderment with some of Jesus' teachings. So I'm going to ask Ellen, if she can, to go ahead and play this this video for us. And uh, I hope you kind of get a a feeling for the upside-down kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. 
Rejoice and be glad. For your reward will be great in heaven. Yes. But how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. And then? You are the salt of the earth. So I wanted you to see this clip for a minute to begin to think about. Look at Matthew as he's beginning to hear this. Look at how contrary this is to what the world taught. And Jesus is doing what? He's turning it upside down. Because he says, my kingdom is different than the rest of the world. I want you to think just a few more things about what Jesus says in his writings. He's, when we, we record Jesus, if, some of you, if someone asks you for a cloak, give them your coat. I, I know about some of you, i got some nice coats. If someone strikes you, turn your other cheek. Well, that's a hard one, isn't it? Love those who hate you. Ouch! Forgive those who've harmed you. Give and live generously. Let me tell you guys, to the outside people, outside of the kingdom of God, this is backwards. It's upside down. It makes no sense. You saw Matthew's look on his face. Okay, and then he it kind of goes in. If there's another clip that goes with it, and, and Jesus, and it's not super scriptural, it's kind of, you know, taking a little liberty. And Jesus says, well, what do you think? And he goes, well, I have a few questions. I have a few questions. See, it's foreign to the nature of man to live in the kingdom of God because we're imperfect and we're flawed. But Jesus says, through him you can live in the kingdom of God. See, the world would tell you, keep everything for yourself. Hold on tight. Hold on really tight. If somebody smacks you, smack them back. Right? That's what the world would tell you. If someone hates you, hate them back. Be a jerk. Come on, that's what the world would tell us. Hold on with both hands. Don't let that grip go of anything. And that's going to lead us a little bit into our message today. Because we're going to flip it upside down today. We're going to flip it way upside down for some of you. Some of you are going to turn me off in the first 20 seconds that I actually start talking. That's okay. That's all right. So when you hear the title of today's message, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm prepping you. Some of you are going to feel some pain. Some of you are going to have a little fear. Some of you might feel a little squeamish. And some of you might shut down. So you're asking me, what is the title of your sermon, Kelly? Get it over with. I, I think I built you up well enough today, right? Here's the title. Living the Generous Life. How many of you instantly grabbed your wallets? I, I saw some of you grab your wallets. I did. And you held on just a little bit tighter. Some of you have this thought. Pastor, this might have happened to you before. Is he really going to talk about money again? I mean, that's what they do to the associate pastor. They make him talk about that stuff, right? Did any of you turn me off 20 seconds ago? Not yet? Okay, I'm feeling good. You guys are making me feel good. Well, relax. Let go of your wallets. Let go of your wallets today. Because guess what? I'm not talking about money. I am not talking about money at all today. Turn your hearing aids back on. Turn those back up. Right? Because this is good stuff. We're not live streaming today, but if we were live streaming, I was going to tell those who were live streaming, go ahead and tune back in. All right? And those who are sitting with me in here today, you don't have to look at the floor anymore. You don't have to look away. 
You can actually look up here, I promise. It's not that bad. Because we're going to listen to Jesus today and how he tells us how the kingdom gets flipped upside down, how it all starts. How it all starts in his kingdom. So if you want to turn with me today to Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 42, uh, we're going to read out of the New Living Translation uh, today. This would be a really familiar scripture for a lot of people. And there's parts of this, as I was sharing with a couple of people, that this is one of the most commonly preached sermons. And it's also some of the most commonly misquoted scriptures. And I have been guilty of misquoting this at times. So, if you're, you're going to read along with me, we have it on our screen. Remember, it's the New Living Translation. If so, Luke 6, chapter 6, verse 37 through 42. I'm really excited too, by the way, guys. I can move around this whole platform now because there's no live stream today. So I'm really excited to be able to move around completely. Uh, it's kind of, kind of freeing. So, All right, so let's start out. So do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap, and the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, everybody loves to, to, to give that scripture directly at offering time. We've already took offerings, so you guys are safe, right? All right, so let's keep going, though. Let's figure out what else Jesus is saying. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That's powerful stuff. But, as is with Kelly a lot of times, I need the dumb version, right? I need, I need to be spoken to extremely plainly, clearly, right, Jim? When he, when he calls me out, you speak to me clearly, don't you? Yeah, yeah, he's smiling. He's, he knows. So this is the clear version. I want to give it to you out of the message because this is really good. This is really good. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Don't condemn those who are down. The hardness, that hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people, you'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life, and you'll find life given back. But not, mere, not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begots generosity. He quoted a proverb, can a blind man guide a blind man? Why would they both end, wouldn't they both end up in a ditch? An apprentice can't lecture the master. The point is to be who you follow as, the point is to be careful who you follow as teacher, excuse me. It is easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash my, your face for you? When your face is distorted by contempt. It's this, I know better than you mentality, again, playing holier-than-thou part instead of just living your own part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face and you might be, a better, might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. That's some strong language, isn't it? That is some tough stuff. Now, it's okay if none of you look at me after this point, right? It's okay, the lights are bright. So... Gotta love technology. My pages slipped on me. I thought that was really, like my, I was struck as I was preparing this lesson. I was struck this week. Really hard. So we're going to talk about the three things that Jesus talks about in here today. We're just going to, we're going to talk about it and uh, we're going to have fun, but we're also going to, we're going to have 
We're going to invite the Holy Spirit in. So let's close our eyes and, and bow our heads for just a moment. Father, we just we thank you for this time. God, I thank you for your word that speaks so clearly that even I can hear it. Father, I just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Your Holy Spirit is welcome in this place today. May it, may it be the words that you speak today. May I not speak my own, but speak yours today. May there be words of correction and words of peace and words of comfort and words of strength today. Lord, let your presence be in here today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I thought I'd start you off since I gave you guys such a hard scripture to start, you know, to finish us off there, that little bit. I thought we'd start with the fun part. Right? How many like the fun start? I mean, if it were me, guys, I would eat dessert always first. Kids, you not. I would always have dessert first. I don't know if this is quite dessert first, but this is pretty close. So if you're a note taker, here's our first point. Living pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running and poured into your life. That's a long mouthful for a first point. But it's pretty scriptural. And I got to tell you, I've told you guys, how many of you are readers in here? How many of you like to read? I like to read. I like to read. That sounds like the title of a book I would want to read, right? Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Because who doesn't want more? Who doesn't want more? I mean, that's the, that's the reality of it. We usually focus on this when we, we want to talk about money. But I don't want to talk about money today, guys. I know, crazy, right? I don't want to talk about money. I, I want to talk zero about money today. Because if you read the beginning of this, what does it start with? It talks about forgiveness. Ouch. A lot of us like to bypass that little piece of it, right? We like to bypass the forgiveness nugget. But see, here's the truth of it is. Pressed down, shaken together, making room for more, pouring over into our lap. That's kingdom. It's a kingdom principle. So it's real. It's real about money. It's real there. But it's meant to permeate every part of our, our, our kingdom lives. Every single part of it. That's what's the cool part about it. But it starts, what did Jesus start with? He starts with forgiveness. So to truly understand living gener a generous life, we've got to start with this first little bit of scripture. So I kind of fooled you a little bit by saying you're getting the dessert first. Uh, you're really not. So first and foremost, guys, hear this clearly. First and foremost, before the blessing can show up, we have to stop judging and condemning others. Come on, how many of you walked in here today? You put some judgment on somebody. Oh, it's really quiet in here today. Really quiet today. So I guess we'll just tell on Kelly. I've had that this week. I've thrown some judgment out this week. That's why this scripture hit so hard. I threw some judgment on some people. But I want you to think about what the message says. Because I want to I make it in our vernacular. East side vernacular. Right? I'm from Tumwa, so I'm, I, I consider myself an honorary east sider. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty close to being there. All right. So what did the message tell us? What did the, what did the message scripture say? It says, don't pick on people. How clear is that? Don't pick on people. Because sometimes as believers, it's easier to pick on other people and their faults, how they look, what they say, what they do, when they don't fit our mold, isn't it? It's pretty darn easy to pick on them. Come on, we're guilty of it, aren't we, church? We're guilty of picking on people. We pick on them. We, we pick off that little flaw that we don't like. We pick on how they look, what they sound like, where they're from. I told you guys, I failed there. Failed this week. The second part of that says don't jump on people's failures. That's one of the easiest ones to do, isn't it? It's always easy. I told Steve this today about something else, but I mean this. It's easy to look from the back seat at what somebody else should have done than when we're in the driver's seat, isn't it? It is easier to look from that back seat at what everybody else is doing than what we've done. Remember this, though, as you think about that. 
you were in the driver's seat at one time. Boy, I sure hate to think everybody would remember everything I did and every failure I've ever had. You know, I get to look out at my son today and I think about all the times I failed him. Well, I'm glad he doesn't pick on those. I'm glad he doesn't pick on those. Finally, that little bit of the message says, don't criticize others' faults. I want you to look scripturally, because some of you are going, well, I, I don't know, Kelly. I want you to see how Jesus dealt with someone else's faults. John chapter 8, verse 4 and 11. This is my very favorite scripture in the entire Bible. It's not my life verse, but it's my favorite scripture. It says, teacher, they said to Jesus. This is John 8, 4 and 11. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the laws of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down. And I always think, and I, even when I read this, I, go, I, just, I can see him stooping down as he begins to write. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down and he began to write in the dust. And I began to think in my mind, in the picture that's my mind, I see him writing out their sins. Adulterer, hater, cheater, liar, thief. Bigot, hate monger. All of these things he began to write out in there. And when the accusers heard this, Guess what they did? They slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. He dealt with the sin. He forgave her. And then said, just don't do it again. That's so clear. How many of you have held on to that grudge? You're still holding on to something that somebody kicked you in the shin out on the playground 45 years ago. Come on. Come on. Some of you have held on to that junk. You've picked at it. You've, somebody said something last week in the parking lot while they were getting in the car and it made you mad. Somebody sat in your seat this week and you're still mad over it. Just for your knowledge, I sit up here on the front row. So anybody who wants to trade seats, I'm good. See, but let me hear this. Jesus acknowledges the sin, but rather than pick on the, fail, pick on the woman, dwell on the failure, or the fault, he speaks life. Go and sin no more. There is such life in those words. Go and sin no more. He said that to each and every one of you at some point in your life. What life did it bring? It brought eternal life. It brought real life. It brought kingdom life. Hmm. Let me ask you this. How would you want to be treated for your sin? I'm playing pretty elementary stuff here today, guys. I'm, I'm right back on the elementary playground. I really am. But sometimes we need the reminder of this because this is truly how the kingdom of God works. See, with grace... With grace or with condemnation, whichever one you choose to react here, let me tell you what Jesus says. Know that what you give is what you will receive. So whether you decide you're going to live your life in condemnation, that's what you're going to get. Straight from the throne room of God. Or you can receive the grace that he's already given. I'll tell you, I'd, I'd take the grace a hundred times over than that condemnation. Because I remember still what it felt like 35 years ago, when that grace was extended to me. I still remember it. <laughs> ah. So let's talk about more of the fun part again. Now, I've, I've hit you guys pretty hard. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm really not. I'm really not, because I hope you're hearing me. Let's talk about that pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Well, let me tell you what that means. What is that? That sounds like a really cool statement. It is, actually. So let me, let me give you a little history lesson. 
So in, in Jesus' time, you had the merchants who would pour out the grain, they would pour out into the, the, the sacks for, for, as they were selling to the individual person. And a good vendor, one who was thought to be fair, one who was thought to be generous, one who was thought to be someone with good reputation, would take the bag instead of just filling it as little as they can. Who hates, anybody ever here get an ice cream cone that's got like the big hole in the middle of the ice cream cone? You want to make me mad? That'll do it right there. I mean, I want my full thing of ice cream, right? right? That's the truth. But a good merchant would take the bag and he would begin to shake the bag, letting it settle. And then he would begin to pour more in to fill the container to its fullest part, taking out all the air, taking out all the fluff, right? So that they could get the full amount of their return. That's what that means. That's, that's what it was in Jesus' time. So Jesus takes that, and that, that vendor was then considered generous and a good vendor. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty clear picture to us. How many of you today have said they got what they deserved? Let me just tell you now, that is a, that is a self-damning proclamation they got what they deserved because I tell you what if Jesus had said that to me I can't imagine where I would be I wouldn't want to be there see but when it comes to forgiveness they should get more than they deserved that's what the kingdom of God teaches that's what the upside down kingdom if you will teaches is that they should get more than they deserved because for all of us, it's hell we deserve. It's what you deserve, it's what I deserve. Some of you think, I'm not such a bad person. Look inward. Look inward. Here's the cool part. The abundance of generosity is the key to the kingdom. Colossians 3, 13 and 14 says this. Make allowances for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord... I like, see, I'm, I'm summing it all up for you. The scripture, I just gave you the, the, the long version. I should have just read you this, right? Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, that's how we start our generosity of forgiveness. It starts with what we received. It starts with what we've received. Every person in this room, I hope that you know the true forgiveness of the Father. I hope that you do. Because for those of you who don't, I remember, and I don't want to live there again. I don't want to live there again. But see, it starts with the forgiveness we've received. starts a chain that flows out through all we do then. Everything we do then begins to flow. Because when we start with forgiveness... It starts a generosity chain that just flows out of our life. It flows into every aspect of our life. It flows into joy. It flows into peace. It flows into harmony. It flows into good-naturedness. The Bible says that unforgiveness, unchecked, becomes a seed of bitterness. Anybody ever seen somebody with a seed of bitterness in their life? Or had the seed of bitterness in their life? It's rough. And it stops up everything else in their life. Have you noticed that? You can't have joy. You can't have peace. You can't have any of it because that seed just stops and plants itself and allows nothing else to flow through it. Blessings, the flow of blessings starts with forgiveness and moves generously into all of our lives. I want to give you a quick story. Matthew 18, 21 through 25 is a story of an unforgiving servant and how he was forgiven. And what we see is what happens when we don't live generously with forgiveness in our lives. So some of you say, well, you know, Kelly, I don't know about this whole forgiveness thing. I kind of hold on to my thing. thing. It's, you know, don't tell me to forgive. Let me, let me just tell you what Jesus said. Let me tell you about the story. I'm not going to read it to you. There's a, there's a king who forgives his servant a great debt. Notice the word forgives. He, he forgives this great debt. And the, and the person is, the servant is, is joyous. He is excited. He's happy. And he goes outside of the throne room of the king. And he encounters someone who owes him some money. 
and he grabs him by the neck and give me my money. And when he doesn't, it's not a lot of money, it's just a little bit, he throws him in jail to pay his debt. And the king then heard about this man's unforgiveness. And it says it drug him back into in front of his throne and threw him in jail until his debt was paid. So what happens when we don't live with forgiveness? It binds us up and it damages our relationships. That dude was in jail. He lost his family, he lost his friends, he lost his reputation. But let's tell you what else it does, it hardens our hearts. We, live, we don't live with forgiveness, it hardens our hearts. It does not imprison those who we haven't forgiven, it imprisons us. See, we think we're doing something to them and actually it's me who's sitting in the prison. I'm the one that's all bound up. I'm the one that, that generosity's not flowing through. And let me tell you what it finally says when we live with unforgiveness. It seals judgment on us. Ouch. It seals judgment on us. Well, let's keep going. Jesus talks about, in our next scripture, about the role model, about the teacher. And here's what I would say. Pick a good example. Be a good example. Moms, dads, you guys, you know this feeling, right? Pick a good example, be a good example. Who hasn't said that to their kid before? Right, I know my kid went to high school. I'm sorry, Kelton, for picking on you. Do good at school. What your mom used to say? Do good at school, be a good example. Wasn't that always something that she used to say something? I mean, I felt so bad for the kid getting out of the car every morning, right? You know, kind of all embarrassing for him. But pick a good example, be a good example. So who here would say that picking good role models is important? For our children, right? But for you adults, do you think it's important? Oh, come on. Come on. For me, I have a couple of them in my life. And I start with my dad. And that's the only one I'm going to mention today. My dad. He's not a perfect man. By far. He's not a perfect man. But a man who strived to follow Christ his entire life, even through adversity. To the death of a spouse. To the death of family. Through hardship financially. Through struggles all across and yet he still continues to try to serve and he continues so there's my role model right because jesus thought being a role model was so important that he brought it here to be talking about forgiveness because if your role model doesn't talk about forgiveness and isn't isn't a forgiving person guess what you're not going to do huh jesus understood the old adage here i'm sure it's scriptural so pastor morris if you'll look this up and find this for me i would appreciate because you have an amazing amount of knowledge that always blows my mind. Um, I always appreciate talking to pastor because he can just pull it right out of his, his head, top of his head. It seems like he knows exactly where it's at. Um, if you can find monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> Pretty sure that's scriptural, just so you know. Monkey see, monkey do. It's, my, you know, it's one of my favorite adages, right? It's monkey see, monkey do. People emulate what they see us do as Christians. I got to tell you guys, the world is a bunch of wannabe imitators of Christians to be truthful. They want what we have. They want the life that we have. They want the, the, the joy that we have. They want the peace that we have. And they're willing to run all over the place doing it. Whether we like it or not, our children, our neighbors, our coworkers, and our family see what we do. Now, I've had the opportunity to get called out recently about being a bad monkey. Did not like it. But it was truthful. And it was real. And it was appreciated because I remember that there are people who are looking. Be the good example. Each one of you is a leader and a leader or a teacher to someone in this world. You think, I don't have any influence. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You are a role model and an influence in this world. And it is important that you start acting like it. But some of you are saying, well, I don't know who to pull. Kelly, you talk about your dad. That's great. But I don't know what I do, who I should follow. Well, follow the greatest teacher. Live generously. Follow Jesus. 
Let me think, give you somewhere else to think about this. Don't allow those who look up to you, who follow you, to end up in the ditch. Be humble. Be forgiving. Live looking to Jesus. I told you that my dad is my role model. He's my hero. He really is. Um, one of the things that he did that forever changed my life was, I was in my early 20s, probably Kelton's age, uh, maybe a little older, but he got up in front of his Sunday school class of 60-some-odd people, and he, 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 he taught the lesson, and it was about forgiveness, and uh, it was for something he had offended me, something he had done to me as a, ch- as a, as a young person. And I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of had forgotten about it. I kind of have that kind of mentality. I have the ability to put things away and just not deal with it. I don't think about it. And he, but for him, he hadn't. And in front of all of his friends and his students, he apologized. In graphic detail, like he told on himself. And I was like, oh my gosh. And yet he set the example because he said afterwards, I want you to live like this. Because I was a hard guy. I was becoming to get a, a hard reputation as a hard, hard man. And I thought, man, that's how I want to feel. I know how I felt when he asked for that forgiveness. I know how hard it was for him. And I wanted others to feel that same way I felt in that moment. And it made me decide, hey, I, I need to live like that. I need to live with forgiveness in my heart. So let down your pride. And let the abundance of forgiveness begin to flow. Notice the word I'm going to hit, keep it in forgiveness. And abundance and generosity. Because they flow together. Finally, how do we live with forgiveness in our hearts? Because that's the question I get asked a lot. How do I live with forgiveness? How do I let it go? Anybody ever asked that question? How do I let it go? You hurt me so bad. And how do I let it go? Hmm. Some of you said, I just can't forgive. You said, it's just too much. I've heard that. It's just too much. And many of you maybe even said, I just don't want to. Well, Jesus addresses that again for us. He's helpful, isn't he? He provides some good instructions. This is what he says pretty simply. Start by looking inward to start the process. Because we always want to look outward when it comes to forgiveness, right? We all want to look outward first. Start looking inward. Look at your own life before you start on somebody else. It's easier to look at someone else and what they have done rather than to look into our own lives for most of us, isn't it? Let me tell you, some of you walking around here, I can tell you some of my faults. I wasn't always a good husband. I was one mean booger. I wasn't always a good dad. I wasn't a very nice man. I wasn't always a good boss. I was very hard. Sometimes it comes out in my personality trait when you work with me. You, you realize that really quick, that I can get really hard. Not meaning to, but I can. We have to look inward first and begin to see what's going on. And I begin to see how bad I am sometimes. Take you back to our earlier scripture in John chapter 8, and the woman in adultery. Before he would allow those men to accuse that woman and contemn, what did Jesus do? He began to write out those sins, didn't he? The sins of the oldest to the youngest. Can you imagine that? The Savior of the world writing your sins right in front of you. Saying, look inward, gentlemen. Look inward, men of Israel. See, when we look inward at ourselves and see our own faults, it changes our tune in forgiveness, doesn't it? I think back to my wife and my son and How bad I was at times. I think how they forgave me. And they loved me anyways. 
Boy, it's pretty easy to forgive after that because I know how much I was forgiven. I remember. Hmm. Jesus instructs us to simply, to start simply by making sure we have dealt with our sin in our lives before we start accusing the others. Because if we start there, that's where forgiveness truly goes. Forgiveness starts truly at the cross and it flows with abundance and love and generosity. What if Jesus had only said, I'm only dying for Jim Keller? Steve, you're out. Could you imagine that? What if he'd have said, not you, Kelly. But see, he was so abundant. He was so full of generosity and abundance that he said, I died for all of you. Each and every one of you. He made his sacrifice, not, not based on just because he liked Jim Keller. And just because what Jim Keller did. He based it on every one of us. <laughs> I thought about this as I was finishing up my message here the other day. And I wrote that statement, forgiveness truly starts at the cross and flows with abundance and love and generosity. And, and I began to hear this noise because it was scriptural. But I began to hear this. And you guys have heard me do this before. And I could hear the nails being pounded into Jesus' hands and his feet as he looks over just shortly after and says, I forgive you. Imagine he's looking at the same men who nailed his hands to the cross. And he says, I forgive you. Come on. Come on, that's some... How do you... Oh. I want you to... When it comes to forgiveness, I want you to think about one thing here. And that's remember the price. Remember the price. Don't be afraid to help one another. That's not what I'm saying. But remember that all things are done in love before all else. Sometimes we get, we kind of cut the love piece out, don't we? And we act in our own flesh. And it doesn't have love. I'm sure you could go ask my son after this. Some of those times I acted in not love. Jesus, all his actions were always dominated by love and not self-seeking. What if it, the story had been just a little different in John 8? He loved that woman. Believe it or not, he actually loved those men who were accusing her. He loved them enough not to let condemnation roll onto them because he reminded them of their sin. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14 says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, and be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. So you want to live generous? You want to live forgiving? Start with love. Love for those around you. Love that Christ gave you. And let it flow. Let it flow. Because generosity, when it comes into the kingdom, it changes the game. When forgiveness comes into the kingdom, into your life, it changes the game. It changes the game. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Kelton, if you want to come and play just a little bit. So a couple things I want you to remember today. Start living your life generously, starting with forgiveness. So those of you today, some of you are sitting out there and you are holding on to some grudges and some hate and some anger. And if you want to live a pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap kind of life, because that's what I want to live, Start with forgiveness. Remember how much you've been forgiven. How generous the Savior was to forgive you. Be a good example of Christ's love. Remember how much you've been forgiven and show it. 
model, Jesus. In John chapter 8, if you didn't take anything else out of this message today, hang on to John chapter 8 today and you'll get it. Make sure you're looking inward and acting in love when you're helping each other. Remember that. Get off your self-righteous, self-righteous attitude and start truly loving, forgiving, and helping each other. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And I just have a couple of questions for you. Just a couple of questions. First and foremost, I would be amiss if somebody heard me today talking about forgiveness and they don't know what that is. They don't understand the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. That he died for you so that your sins could be forgiven. And you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins. If that's you, you can raise your hand because I want to pray with you today. I want you to experience that true forgiveness of the Father. Yeah, I see those hands. I want you to know those true, that, that true forgiveness. Secondly, some of you, you need to release the bitterness and the unforgiveness and you need to God to release that today. And you say, God, I just need your help and that's you and you need, you need him to come in to your situation to help you release that unforgiveness. If that's you, raise your hand. I see him. I see him. Finally, some of you said, finally, how many of you would say, God, help me to live more generously, to give freely what you've given me. If that's you and you want to you live that way, stand up. Stand up. If you want to live more generously, if you want to live that kingdom principle out, this starts at his throne, at his cross. If that's you today, just stand up. If you raised your hand today and, and you, you said, I need the Father to come into my situation, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. I'm going to ask you to come down here and, and meet with um, some of our prayer team. The prayer team, if you want to come down here. Those of you who are here, um, Jim, I know a few people are out. Would you be willing to come down? Vicki, Miss Vicki, would you? Pastor Morris, I don't know if you would be open to coming down for just a moment. But if that was you today, you raised your hand, you said, God, I need your forgiveness in my life today. We want to meet you right down here. We want to meet you down here because we want to, we want to tell you our story. We want to agree with you. We want to tell you how good God is. And we want to help you receive that forgiveness. So, I'm going to pray as I'm praying. If you want to come down, if there's anything else you need prayer for today, I'd ask that you come down. Let us agree with you in prayer today. So we're going to bow our heads. So if that's you, come on down. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. I love the altars. You guys know that about me. I love the altars. This is what they're here for. This is what they're intended for. Grab one of these folks and have them pray with you and agree with you today. Father, I just pray today, Lord, that you would begin to to teach our hearts, that you would begin to speak to our hearts today, Lord, about living generously, to living in your upside-down kingdom, if you will, which is really the only way. Father, I just pray right now, God, that you would, you would open up our hearts today, God, that you would open up the abundance of our hearts today, God, that forgiveness would start to flow from our hearts today, Lord, that we would begin to permeate that into all of our lives today, Jesus. Lord, that your presence would come in and it would fill our lives today, God, that we would be like cups that run over today. Lord, I just pray that your presence would be here in this place. God, I pray that you would cause walls to come crashing down today, that, that, the, that relationships would be restored today, that bitterness would be destroyed in your presence today, Father. Lord, that lives would be healed. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our presence today. God, I thank you for the heart of your people. Lord, we just pray that you would bless them today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, 
I tell you, we have some folks down here if you want to, if you need someone to pray with you. Don't miss out on that opportunity. We're just going to maybe worship for a minute. We just in your own way, just worship for a minute or two. So if you need prayer, you need someone to agree with you, um, we have some folks available, right? If not, that's okay. And we can sit down and... Um, Okay. God is good, isn't he? I'll tell you what, that's the kind of kingdom I want to be a part of, is a generous kingdom, right? I, want, I know how much I've been forgiven. I would challenge you today to look inward as you go about your week, as you encounter the chaos and the offense and the, and the, the garbage, if you will. And remember the price that was paid, the forgiveness that was extended to you so much forgiveness that you received eternal life from it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, we have a busy day ahead of us, right? So Steve, I'm going to, if you need to go, if anyone who needs to go, Steve, I'm going to ask you to head to the back. Um, If you are new this week and you uh, first time joining us, because Kelton said second time joining us, please go back and see Steve. Um, we have a gift bag for you. We just want to tell you a little bit about our church, um, a little about what's going on here. I don't even like to call it church. I like to call it our family. Um, and uh, Steve is so much better at it than I am. He's not awkward. I'm awkward. I am totally awkward at this whole thing. But uh, Steve is awesome. He's, he's he, so I don't think, yeah. So, uh, but we're going to pray. We're going to dismiss. If you can hang out, um, hang out here stick around here for just a minute and uh, come, maybe come up here to the front and we'll get some instructions on what we're going to do the rest of the uh, afternoon. So uh, I'm going to release this in prayer. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we, we praise you for your forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your generosity. Lord, we just pray that you would bless each person here as they, as they go today, Lord, as they go into this week. May they live out your kingdom. May they be an example of your kingdom and who you are, Jesus. Lord, I just pray a blessing on each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, amen.